Oh, my arborist is coming over. I gotta get my plants ready. You gotta want all this, you gotta want all that. You gotta put on your special arborist hat. Yes, sir. Oh, my baby likes to water my plants. <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Merlin, how are you this week? Uh, I'm doing very well, Dan. How are you? I'm fine. I'm sorry I was flossing. Like flossing, like the slang term flossing? <laughs> yeah, you mean like, like the way Jay-Z uses it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like like show, you're I, basically showing, you know, showing something off. That's right. Like the street that I'm crossing, yeah. like the salad I'm tossing. <laughs> I'm just cold <laughs> flossing. That's right. No, not in that sense. Uh, uh, I call my pair of rents. I'm a white, white guy. Whitey, white, white. Yeah, just cold flossing. How are you? Good. How's your week? Good. I'm going to eat before every show. It's going to be a new thing I do. Just to sort of uh, help your... Up your blood sugar? Um, and just my whole kind of my whole lifestyle that I've been designing, to be honest. It's I just realize it's important to me to come into this fully uh full chili dog, always under the belt when I come in. <laughs> is that is that what you eat these days? Mm-hmm. I read about in that Tim Ferriss book. Every day I have uh, I have a chili for lunch, I have a chili dog, sixteen almonds, and I, I literally eat a kettlebell. And um <laughs> s- I haven't tested this yet, but I'm pretty, well, I'm pretty sure I could have sex for like at least three to five minutes and I wow. would only cry, cry mostly at the end and only a little at the beginning. I feel good. I feel strong. I feel like, uh, <laughs> like I got an almond down there. You know what I mean? I, I, I think so. Good week? Big week. Mm, this has been a huh, huge week. A lot of big announcements. Uh, <laughs> big stuff I just, I just sent you a thing in the robot that uh, I think we should record next Monday so we don't get creamed by all this line phone nonsense uh-huh. they call it getting lost in the shuffle that's what they call it at the loop you've been over there I've been to the loop I've looped did you get a shirt a mother, mothership shirt they don't, they don't give out shirts there they don't, they even, they, they don't even say whether there are shirts there <laughs> there's like one guy who knows there might be sleeves there's another guy who heard about hems but there's like two vice presidents who actually know whether there will or will not be a shirt. They put out fake sleeves. Hmm. Called a canary trap. What? I've been over there. I never got a when shirt. When was the last time you were over there? Uh, to talk? I don't, I don't remember. It's been a while, I think. I'm trying to remember if I'm having a brain fart. I think it's been a while. I did a thing. Um, you going over there for, for uh, October 4? Oh, are you kidding me? Uh I don't know. I mean, uh, no, no, you know, I, <laughs> no, 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 it's funny. People, people get real, uh, real involved in like whether they got an invitation for that thing. Did you get one? No, nobody, invite, people know better than that. Don't invite me to something. Why are you doing that? What's the point of that? Dude, how about you, Dan? Did you get an invitation? I did not. I never have. You fly out, stay at the W, no. go down there too. Uh-huh, uh, I love it. I like that W. That's the one where I uh, found the, uh, bloodstained pillow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, come in. <laughs> stay there gotta, a couple I gotta times. Talk to you. I, I gotta talk to you. I gotta talk to you offline about that. Yeah, let's do, let's do it. Let's do it. I don't know. It all sounds very exciting. Big week. Uh, you know, WebOS, of course. Um, <laughs> right. That's there's WebOS. You've got uh, CEOs, uh, and I think that you're going to see a lot of interest in market share. That's going to be this week and next week. Um, and I, I have a chart on that if that would be useful for you. So I'll please, send that over. Please describe the ideal job for you following graduation. 
Well, I guess I feel like if there are any negative qualities I have, it's that I'm really probably too positive. <laughs> um, I guess I guess I worry if there's anything that really would be a bad. I guess I just feel like I might be trying too hard, like not hard enough that it would harm the company. But I just feel like sometimes I worry that I care so much about the company. Well, I guess no, it's not. I just wish I could care, you know, more. Except that I already care so much and. Um, God, it just seems so great here. Do you have the qualifications and personal characteristics necessary for success in your chosen career? Can I ask you a question with a question? <laughs> yes. You got Bluetooth. I Man, <laughs> we're going to talk about job interviews. We could, we could. It's a great idea. I asked the jackals and nerds. Did you see that? Did you look at that? Would, would you say that you can easily deal with a high-pressure situation? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Marker. <laughs> yeah, I dropped one. Okay. Uh... Oh my God! Um, <laughs> um, are you the, the type of student <laughs> for whom conducting independent research has been a positive experience? Um, can I get back to you on that? I oh <laughs> man, it's it's so brutal. Um, boy, it's it, isn't it funny how like what you're doing, the bit that you're doing. Is this a is, bit? I was. There's just some questions I came up with prior to the show. Good week. Big week. The the thing is that's so farcical because it's. Have you ever done that thing where you get like into like a, a like a, some kind of a robot loop? Like you've got saying start anywhere in the loop. Like you've got an auto response going like, "Hey, I'm on vacation," you know, "Diddly diddly dee," and it sends out a robot thing, and then some other robot from "Do not reply" at you know <laughs> suckmyknob dot com sends you this thing, and uh, and <laughs> they just keep arguing with each other, but neither one is listening. You know what I mean? It's like I feel like there's so much of that happening in. Um, culture in general, not just in technology today, but there's so much, so much of that automated, you know, your, uh, your call is very important to us stuff. And isn't it kind of funny, like both sides, the reason that's so recognizable to me and presumably to our audience is that it's so familiar how robotic that is on both yeah, sides. Yeah. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of, again, like everything we say, this is not always the case most of the time. But a lot of the time, you know, employers, it's almost like they're, they're not sure what to ask they're getting this pile of undifferentiated resumes that may or may not have a single grain of truth in them. And a lot of people are sleepwalking through these interviews. They're exhausted from going to them, you know? And it's like setting aside the like Google stories about like where you have to like, I don't know, like solve a puzzle and climb a rock, you know, and find Waldo or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's, I think most, most job interviews, at least historically are pretty, um, I don't know. They're pretty, pretty, uh, dull affairs. Now, this is weird. Now, you said this. So you sent me one of your really inscrutable emails this morning. I, I put it on my web blog or blog. Mm -hmm. Send me an email. Let me share this with people because I've already shared this yeah, with people. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, of course. Let me share this with people. I got an email from you at 5.07 Eastern Time this morning. Uh, subject line, job interview. Yeah. And there was no, there's nothing in the body of the message. <laughs> yeah. So my Faith, suggestion... Faith is laughing at me right now. Yeah. Well, like I said, I don't... I have no... I just don't think it's fair of Syracuse to make such a big deal about how your emails make literally no sense. Why would he say that? What a weird thing to say. It is he weird. He's a weirdo. It's Pearl. Pearl of Pearl. Um, and so I, I spent a lot of my morning talking about that in, with myself in my head. Yeah. Because really, it was really like two nouns that you sent over the internet. Mm -hmm. and so I wasn't sure... <laughs> well, I here's thought, here's here's. The I thought thing. you were going to say it was one of those things like where the bobs come in and I was going to have to interview for my own job. 
I thought that's what that meant because you've been really <laughs> opaque lately, and I wasn't sure. Well, here's here's I, I give you the the longer my email response or or the longer the email that I send, the mm-hmm. the less trust I have in the person that I'm sending it to, in in the their ability to execute it. Uh, for example, today hmm. is today is Tuesday. Hmm. We have a show coming up today, so I I don't need to state. For the show today, I, I know, of course, it's for the show today. What else would it be for? Mm-hmm. And as we often do, we trade emails and and we'll share ideas and things for the show. So clearly, I've that's of course that's what I'm going to be doing. You must know that. I don't want to waste your time spelling that out. <laughs> so I right. send over a topic idea. Like, give me an example of a time when you were able to successfully communicate with another person, even when that individual may not have personally liked you, or vice versa. <sighs> Well, um, I really like, uh, I like traveling and I think I'm a pretty good driver and I love my kids, um, Tyler and the other Tyler. And what was the question? Recall a time from your work experience when your manager or supervisor was unavailable and a problem arose. Oh, okay. Um, one time I'd gotten a notice about how I was supposed to wear pants so, so I wore, I wore pants. Okay. Long story short, they were on fire. Um, how did that make think, you feel? I don't think this is my fault. I'm just telling you honestly, because there is a police report on this. I did not sign it. I refused to sign it because I was drunk. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I was so drunk that I could not sign the police report about why my pants were on fire. Now, if my manager had been there, you can bet I would have taken a poke at him, probably. So it's just as well he wasn't there. I felt like I handled that in a very dignified way and helped a lot of people. That was a very costly chair that I was sitting in. And I think my ability to make, uh, I guess, an executive level decision about getting out of it probably saved countless other chairs. And really the pants themselves. Would you say that working with other people is excruciating or really excruciating? <laughs> Please tell me about a time when you had to fire a friend. Mm. If you had to summarize why you don't trust corporate culture in exactly nine words, what would you say if I then ask you to do it in six? Don't think about it. Say it. What? May I have a pencil? Mm. Perfect. Now please climb the rock. <laughs> you may now go through go through the Google spanking machine and solve this equation. Did you have uh, a, did you have a lot of jobs before Merlin? You realized that you had to take a different path. <laughs> is this is this still part of the bit? No, this is the real question. <laughs> well, Merlin, I have to tell you honestly, all of those are other <laughs> questions. Listen, <laughs> human resources hands me this sheet of paper. Okay. I read it because I'm a manager, but really I'm, I'm really more like you. Um, the real uh, question. Yeah, I know. Like before I realized like the rest of the world that I was unemployable. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like a lot of people, I've had a lot of job interviews, certainly for uh, mathematical reasons, I guess more interviews than jobs. Um, so yeah, but I mean like the thing is, this is the joke. I mean, the reason I brought up, the discussion of this before is you said, uh, I said that I'd ask the nerds, I sent you a link and you yeah. said, Hey, I still want to talk about job interviews. I said, okay, that explains that nonsensical email you sent. Um, and I made the crack about how I'll answer as honestly as I can for somebody who's deliberately unemployed. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but you know, you and I, 
setting aside that you and I both on some level, uh, I won't speak for you. I, I don't miss that part of it. Mm. I don't. It's why I didn't. I got kind of. Um, I think it's also why I got kind of burnt out on client services. You know, it's just trying to meet new people all the time and prove your value to them. It's probably really fun in the seduction community, but like I just don't want to do that all the time. I don't want to have to. You know what I mean? When you go in there, like the the joke that we're making with that ridiculous back and forth bit. Um, I, I think that's kind of a real thing, unfortunately. Is no, it that, is real. Well, it's like meeting somebody at a party and uh, and trying to impress them, which is just, ah, that's such a bozo bit for me. I just, I just want to run out of the room. Well, let me start by telling you a little bit about what I've been up to. You know, it's like you've got to do this thing where as economically and strategically as possible, you know, but you know what I mean? Like economically, like you can't look like you're going, I went to Harvard or like, I'm really smart or whatever. You've got to say stuff that sounds like you're just off the cuff going, you know, well, as I said to my friend, Steven, yes, Hawking, you know, you, you say all this dumb, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't understand what he said back, but <laughs> nice guy, English, uh, funny, funny story. Um, I was repelling with Stephen Hawking. No, the one with an A, uh, it's so awful because you got to go in there and like, you know, this person, you've done this BS over and over. You know, the person on the other side of that desk has done this BS over and over. And you've got to go in there and sound like really impressive, very, not, you know what I mean? It's, it's like quickly, you have to sound impressive quickly mm. without sounding like you're, you're needy. And then the people on the other side, um, and I don't know, it's almost like watching NASCAR. It's like, I think a lot of people just watch that because they like eating popcorn and watching cars explode. Mm. It's not really about who wins. You know what I mean? And I think with in job interviews, I wonder how much of it is just watching someone's composure when they're asked those kinds of questions and trying to read them for something. I don't know. You, I think you've done more job interviews as the interviewer than I have. Hmm. But um, I'm not sure what, exactly which tack you want to take with this because there's a lot of tacks we could take. But I think, I, thought, I, I think it's maybe not indisputable, but I think it's fair to say that it is a... The whole process... Let's put it this way. Let me go just slightly broader for a second. Um, even more than job interviews, the whole process of hiring, mm. including job interviews, is costly and time-consuming and has a very inefficient signal-to-noise ratio. And I don't care what your part in all of that is. It's really hard. Um, you know, I mean, it's just... Have you ever had like an interview where you felt like you weren't, I don't want to say not lying, but where you felt like you were completely honest and, and answered everything in a truthful, honest way and didn't, and, and walked out of there and then got the job? I can't remember, but I think... I think well, let me tell I you think what, I've, if, I, if I've been... Let me just be honest. If I've ever yeah. been dishonest, whether in... I look at my old resumes. Mm, I look at my old <laughs> resumes or I think about like how I used to think of myself. This is worse than lying. Is I think I was self-deluded a lot. I, I used to say things like, I think you can find this on Google somewhere or archive, okay. internet archive. But I think I once referred to myself as a, as a veteran technologist or something, which I really believed at the time. And now I look at that, I'm like... Wow, like not today am I either a veteran or a technologist. So how could I have been 10 years ago? Like what a weird thing to say. I had, I had a dot-com job for a couple of years and I'm acting like, um, you know, freaking Kevin Kelly or something. Um, so, but to be honest, like I think I was a little bit deluded and, and a little bit pleased with myself a lot of the times. I don't think I too much ever lied because I'm a pretty bad liar. And oh, maybe the better way to say it is, is that you felt like you didn't have to create 
a persona for yourself oh. with that. That's probably more what I, what I was trying to say is like, you create this persona that's like, I am, I'll, you know, I'll just pick one. I am a network engineer. These are my skills. And you go in and you're like, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who probably are a really good network engineer, but for me, the, the trouble was I never felt like I could, I was either very good at that particular thing because I never found like a job that said doing a whole bunch of different things adequately with creativity. Like that was the job description I always wanted. Uh, and I never found that. And I always found like, you know, I was, I was a network engineer or a software developer or in some a CTO or whatever it was, <laughs> but I never felt like I was going to do like in, in my heart. I never really felt like I was I, like, I knew going into it that it would never last. You know what I mean? And, and because of that, it's not like there's dishonesty there, but maybe there is with yourself, like that you're being dishonest with yourself because you know that, well, I got to have a job. I got to pay the bills, right? I can't just fabricate mm-hmm. some job for myself where I'm really doing the stuff that I'm really passionate about and really want to do. But like, I, I understand how to do X. So I'm going to go do X and I will tailor my resume to look like, you know, to highlight the things that I've done that are related to X <laughs> and here's this resume. And you know and what? Leave, leave out the fact that 95% of everything else was not that. Right. And right? you know, and, and you know what? They'll, I fixed, I fixed somebody's internet connection one time. <laughs> I would go and I would do a really good job and I would work really hard and pretty, pretty much across the board. They were, they were happy with the job that I was doing, uh, but I might not have been happy doing it. And mm-hmm. that's, that was the thing. And, and, in these job interviews that you go in, they ask you these questions that are meant, I guess, to, I don't know what they're, what they're really meant for, but it never, I, I never went in there thinking this is, you know, I'm really good. And now things have really changed since the last time that I was like job seeking. Things have really changed and people are using like, you know, their GitHub uh, repositories as mm-hmm. their resume, you know, like that's, like they're hired based on the code that they've written. Uh, people I think there's have, also a lot you know, more. I testing. love that, but I, think, I suspect there's a lot more testing than there used oh to be. Oh my god, I would have, I would never be able to get a job. Well, even if it's stuff like Myers Briggs or something, I think there's. I mean, once you get to the point where they're close to hiring you, there's all kinds of stuff now. There's like like credit checks and background checks, and not everywhere, but for people who so with like a you lot have of, to have good credit to get a job. I don't. I don't know if that's the case, but uh, we have. Uh, um, a guy, I, I wouldn't. A guy, I would believe it. I, I yeah. I think in some cases, I, guess I should have checked faith out a little bit better. Well, I, I, I know that's credit true. Score in anything involving security, and I'm not. I don't just mean like the CIA. That also goes for like, if you were at Apple, maybe I read too many you know, spy novels or something. But like the like reason Clancy? they, they don't, well, they don't Apple? want you to have. Uh, uh, no, more like Encyclopedia Brown. <laughs> well, if he had been driving, I think you're the thinking car, of Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief! Yeah. If the car, if he'd really been driving his that car, that could be your book day, title. Someone moved my football. I literally can't hear you. Hi, that's funny. God, that's funny. It's good stuff. If they've been driving the car all day, how could they put the baby on the hood? Come on. It doesn't seem likely because the carrier would be attached. Oh, that's true. Never and leave they, a baby behind. No, that's that was that Bush thing, right? George Bush had that no baby, no baby <laughs> no on ba- the hood, no baby left, no on baby my in hood. the hood. <laughs> That's an impactful program. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I have no idea what your question was, but I'm going to say this. Uh, there's a certain inherent desperation 
for the person that's in a job interview. I think, I think like seven out of 10, nine out of 10 times. I, I'm going to just guess that the person in there, let's put it this way. There's a power disparity, right? There's one person in that room that has the theoretical power then may not make the hiring decision, right? But the person who's conducting the interview, generally speaking, has a lot more power than the person who's the interviewee, which might sound obvious, but let's break that down just a little bit. There's one person in there who has a lot of people to choose from, generally, and there's another person in there who really wants this to be the last time they have to have this, they really need this job, right? And I hope you can guess which side is which in this. But, you know, if you're the person who's running all these interviews, you've seen a lot of resumes, you've got the benefit of knowing what kind of BS people are saying. And you know what I mean? You know a lot about how the company works. You don't, even just in terms of the information you have to disclose, the interviewer is the one who decides the pace, the pattern, the everything about the interview. And Because what happens? If you're the interviewee and you decide to go off on a jag, like, like I do so often, like the interview would be over. They go, you know what? You're nuts. Leave. Whereas the, the interviewer can be a, a, could be anything from totally tedious to a complete psycho, and the other person is just going to have to sit there and go, this will be an awesome place to work. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, I, that really strikes me. that So the reason I'm saying that is when you ask, like, have I ever like, gone in either whatever, being dishonest or creating a character or a persona, I, speaking for myself and I imagine for other people, I do go in there going like, wow, I'm, I really want this job guy. Yeah. I got. I, I got to sell myself as as the as the guy they're looking for. I got to. I got to sell myself as that. Well, I think that's yes. I think that's I think how people you, do that all the time. Well, I think that's how you would tell yourself you're coming across or want to come across. But I yeah. think the way you really come across is I'll say anything to get this job, guy. Mm. You know, unless you're being like, there's times when I've gone in and been kind of cocky and wanted to be contradictory and yeah, I'll deconstruct the question or whatever. But I kind of see it as like remember that scene in Goodwill Hunting. When uh, 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 Ben Affleck pose is posing as uh, Matt Damon's character, and he goes in there, he's wearing the, the funky brown suit, and he's like, "I need some walking around cash." That's how I see you in every interview. I don't remember that, uh, hmm. but that huh. could be me. Could be me. I also it's a good, good I also scene. Uh, take half the credit for a lot of stuff Matt Damon writes, even <laughs> though I didn't help that much. Big L.A. Smith fan I am. Uh, but uh, the Because th- here's how I got on this topic. Here's why I suggested this one, Marlon. Okay, come back to me. I got more. Well, we'll come back. Oh, okay. Because right now, you know, a lot of the shows that we've done uh, have focused on, you know, people who are, who are maybe already in a job or what they can do to make their job better or why they should quit their job or what they can do in their own personal life or business or whatever, but we've never really talked about that, that first part of it of like getting a job. And, and there are people who I've seen on Twitter who have said, like, just, I forget who it was. And I'm, I'm really sorry. Cause I meant the favorite and I didn't, but the guy said that, uh, back to work is just as useful and helpful to him after getting a job as it was while he was unemployed. And I said, just to say, not at all. <laughs> You're right. It's it's neither beneficial nor harm. No, I, I think he was saying it. It was helpful to him, and perhaps in motivating him. But that started making me think about like the listeners, but also think about people who are like they're unemployed right now and they're trying to get a job, or they they hate their job and they've maybe listened to some of these shows and they're saying I I want to I want to get a different job and they're doing that. And I thought that's a neat topic. It's a it's a really neat topic, and I'm happy to talk about it. Um comma, but, but I won't say that I've been avoiding talking about it, but I guess I would say I've avoided talking about it because I don't feel, 
I don't have that much to personally have that much to say about it. And I don't have... That shocks me. I would think... I'm not saying that as a joke. I'm really surprised to hear that. I'm not responding this way as a joke. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, I I mean, you you can decide for yourself whether I have credibility to talk about anything that we talk about. But I will tell you, I don't feel like I have a lot of credibility to talk about that just because I would be making a lot of it up. Or... I would be cobbling it together from little strings of information about things I did 20 years ago. Really? I just in the sense that, well, no, I'm just telling you, like I haven't had, I have not had that many, I would not have not had what you would call a traditional job interview more than a few times in the last few years. I thought I do, I could talk about client stuff. I could talk about how to pitch yourself to a stranger. Mm. I could talk about what I find useful and repellent about that process. I, I just, but Let's I journal that tongue it up. Okay. I, I'm a little I'm a little reluctant to give people advice on how to handle job interviews, but I'm crazy reluctant to give you advice on how to get a job. That's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want to hear. You want to hear how to get a job? I want to hear your advice on that. Well, I would. That's be exactly out what I want to hear. Okay, I'll because, be and out if, of, if, if ass, all of okay? the reasons, all of the reasons that you have just given me as reasons that you feel unqualified to do it, are the exact reasons why I think you are incredibly qualified and okay. would have a very fresh perspective and take on it okay that's a tiger trap you put some sticks over and i'm not, not supposed to see it but that's a hole and there's probably uh, little pointy <laughs> spikes at the bottom that's what that's called really oh yeah i'm gonna get started i'm gonna take a couple steps and whoa whoa and pretty soon i got i gotta stick through my eye i'm not a tiger still a trap <laughs> I, i'm happy to take a swing at it but i as 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 incredible as i sound about practically everything i say oh i love it i actually don't talk that much about stuff that I personally feel I don't know anything about. Which, of course, see also, uh, what, eight minutes ago, where I would talk about how deluded I am sometimes. But I guess what, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I don't know. Um, that litigation place with Dave, mm. one of the ways that I think we sold ourselves effectively to companies is we said, you know what? We're doing something a little bit different than most environmental consulting firms. Uh, of all the, the the dumb, goofy, weird stuff that place did, one thing I always respected about them is they said, here's the deal. When it comes to environmental assessments, um, you can trust us more than a lot of people because we're just going to assess your environmental problems. Like we can help you with risk mitigation. We can help you with risk abatement. We can help you with all that stuff. But you know what we're not going to do? We're not going to send in you know, thing one to tell you that you have a problem and then send in thing two to tell you how much it's going to cost for us to fix it. Okay, I'm getting somewhere with this. Yeah. And that was a Dr. Seuss reference. Uh, that, uh, you know, you go to a lot of places, if you go, again, we're back to Ted <laughs> Kennedy's and trust your mechanic. If the person who's deciding, try, let me put it this way, if the person who's trying to help you determine what your problem is, is the same person who's going to send you the bill for fixing it, run the other way. Mm. Right, and so um, as anger making as it is to some people, I'm real comfortable telling you what's wrong with you, in my opinion. But yeah. um, I would be uncomfortable uh, giving you a person specific opinion about how to fix it. Meaning, uh, there's this weird thing that happens in the world where I think, kind of understandably, we somebody says something like I say, like this this morning, I was being a jerk about delicious. Uh, dot com because a bunch of the at least from my on my sites um, stuff is not working from delicious my like em- embeds that I've got in pages and stuff is not working and so the thing is like I report that as a as a client as a patient as a user I report that and say you know what it's effed up that it's Tuesday morning and now this stuff doesn't work 
I have to assume that has something to do with flipping the switch over from the new delicious to the to, from the old delicious to the new delicious. I'm going to guess it's something going on with the API that whether it be in stingy or it's broken or whatever. But to be honest, I do think I think there's a lot of people who would say you're never allowed to like complain about something unless you have a solution. And I disagree because I think if you have a really good complaint about something, it's not always your job to have to fix it too. And furthermore, the people who do go out and fix things hate it more than anything else in the world when people think they understand how to fix things. So I, I might be a real expert at going, you know what? You look like an idiot with that hat. But you know what? I am not going to help you shop for a hat that's going to be better. Because maybe your problem is hats. Maybe the problem is you should just get a better haircut. Maybe the problem is you should stop worrying about the advice of strangers. So in that case, bringing this back around at minute 37, I, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable uh, saying what I know about stuff, I just, I really, uh, I really feel bad about trying to give people bonehead advice about stuff that I don't have that much actual experience with. You'll cut all that out, right? Yeah, we'll edit all that out. Um, so that was my response to your thing about the response to the thing. Did that make any sense at all? Yeah, I think so. It's really a different show. And it's a show where we should finally just attack the whole idea of gurus. Let's work on that. Um, I think when you go into one of those interviews, there is a power disparity. I think you as the person, and can we just stipulate that we're going to talk mostly about being the person who's being interviewed? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so maybe that's a different show to talk about how to do a job interview. I think that would be interesting too. Well, mm -hmm. by interesting, I mean not really. But <laughs> we're talking as the person who goes in there and really wants a job, right? Yeah. If we get that out of the way. Okay. Um, so I've been that guy for sure. And where I go in and I'm like, wow, I... I had to like, you know, I shaved my legs for this. Like I, I came in here. <laughs> from now on, I'm going to talk exclusively in t-shirts that people in Florida wear. I um, go in and I really want this job, right? So I, and, and just as a slight nuanced distinction, it's not just, you know, I'd like to tell myself, like, like, like we said a little bit ago, I'd like to tell myself that I'm going in and I'm going to look good at trying to get this job. But I think especially knowing me as I've gotten older, I bet a lot of times I just came off as like needy and full of BS, surprisingly enough. And that might be a resume thing where I called myself a technologist, even though the extent of my cold fusion programming was reload the page and still it till it stopped breaking. <laughs> In Florida, they call that QA. That's QA. QA <laughs> testing. That's the testing group. Dan, I, I wish I were kidding. My PHP, <laughs> my PHP code and my cold fusion code I would go into Internet Explorer. I think it was Internet Explorer. You could set up, set it to... It might have been in Firefox. It used to be you could go in, you could set up a tab to reload. I would just have the page reload until it stopped showing errors. Yeah, so I'm a technologist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Veteran. <clears throat> oh, sorry, yeah. I'll find that resume for you. It's pretty great. I want to see it. I Googled it. Couldn't find it. I, I no, did a, a search. I did a Google archive. search for veteran technologist Merlin Mann and it came up. It came up for an article with uh, about a Neil Dash that was had a picture of him by you. Oh, so not well. That's that's probably uh, ageist and racist, and he'll probably have a really good post about that. God, he's smart. Um, DC, he's a friend. Um, so you want to talk about uh, job interviews? Yeah. Hmm. How many job interviews have you had? Sixteen. You're sure? No. But it helps to answer fast because you sound confident. If I waited for too long, in the amount of time, I had no idea. <laughs> this is your interviewing tip coming through. Well, hmm? this is like a job interview tip, like answer fast. Well, I don't know if I call it a tip so much of a, as a suggestion. What do you think? Okay, so when I throw that back to you now, you have to think about it for a second. That buys me three seconds to come up with something better. 
See, these are the kinds of things you do hmm. when you interviews. Also, you know, if you ask those kind of, like it's annoying to be me, obviously, but if you do things that show that you're listening to people, I think you score huge points. And so sometimes, uh, do you want to go to advice? We can go to advice if you want. Yeah, go ahead. All right, here's one. Uh, when somebody asks you one of those questions, like if we go back to those jokey questions you were asking, we can actually try some of those again and I'll try to answer them like I would. Um, the, the, the whatever Charlie Brown football-sized asterisk in all of this is that if you're going in there and you're not being completely honest, I mean, not, not even that you're not being honest. If you're, let me put it this way. If you're not being, if you're not answering the way you really think, even if you think you're being honest, if you find yourself pausing to come up with a better answer, that shows, mm. I think. I, I think there's a difference between pausing to put your words together and pausing to obviously make something up. My pauses are usually the second kind. That's why I don't. <laughs> so what if you really need the job bad and, and you know you've got to get it and it's the first, the first job that you even could do because it's a, the economy or whatever. That's the problem. That's where I think a lot of people are right now okay. is that okay. they need this job and they can't sit back, you know, like the Merlin Mann slash Ben Affleck character and be like, eh, you know, maybe I'll take the job. Maybe I won't. Kind of happy doing what I'm doing. But they're actually in there thinking, I, I've got to get this. They're in that situation that you described before, that I described to you before, <laughs> like they need the job and they're willing to do it even though they know it sucks. So they're going into it with that expectation of they're going to have to do something they don't want to do. And they have, they feel the pressure. They feel the pressure. Mortgages do. Mortgages do. Mm, man, that is can a, you Can a, you do that? And, yeah. and that's the thing is, I, I, today... It's a really listen. It's a really really good question. Can I? I guess. I guess. Can I ask you for clarification? When you say, um, like, I hear you saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying when you're talking to me about having this job interview, are are you talking more about like this particular job or or about jobs in general? Because I actually have an answer for both. Which one would you like? See, and that gives me more time to think about it. And it sounds like I'm listening because I'm repeating what you just said. And also, you can get away with a lot if you say, if I hear you correctly, you can get away with all kinds of. You do that. Are okay. you doing now, a hand gesture too? Hmm? Is like that what a, they call it now? Like a cut, like a cutting through the air hand gesture. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a chop, almost like a little karate chop. That's very effective. I think they teach you that. Like if you get out, if you get out of the Hilton and go to that seminar, they'll show you. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and head into our breakout sessions. Uh, Ficky hand chop is going to be in the Anclote room. Uh, touching your fingers to count is going to be over here in the Pithlachiscody room. Um, what do you well, mean? Dan, that uh, is a good question. And I think there, it's, it's a very good question. Like many of your questions, I can't tell uh, if you're deliberately throwing me a softball. But I think even if it's a softball question, I will answer it as a hardball. Mm. Mm. Which is, it doesn't matter how much you want it. <clears throat> uh, it's never going to benefit you to be dishonest. Especially today. Um, because it's not that hard well, let me put it this way. If they did hire you based on you being kind of a little bit of a liar, it's going to be apparent fairly quickly if you lied about something of substance. And, and to be, this might just be my passive aggressive trick, but I would rather be really honest in a funny way or, or you know what I mean? Honest in a self-effacing way mm. rather than say something where if they, if they ask me, like, so for example, <laughs> <laughs> like when you went in and did your system, did you say system administrator? Yeah. Uh, thing. Okay. So you go in there and they go, well, uh, have you had a lot of experience with, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever, like lands, would you say you've had more experience with lands or lands? 
<laughs> right. That kind of question. You go, yeah. oh, well, I've, you know, I sure I've done, I guess I would say I've done a lot of lands and a fair amount. I would say about 80, 20, about 20% lands. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's see. Well, obviously you have experience with Novell. Oh, oh yeah. That's the red load. Yeah. I, uh, I, sure. I have Novell. Okay. Well, what about Hammersmiths? Oh, you kidding me? I've been doing Hammersmiths. I just made that up. There's no such thing as a Hammersmith. <laughs> Please leave. <laughs> You know, it's yeah. like in uh, Mr. Mom, you know, 220, 221. Um, I think if you decide to fudge a little bit about little things, that's, you know, I don't think that's super smart, but it can be okay. Let's put it this way. If somebody says to me like, well, I see your your ninth and last bullet point is that you um, <clears throat> give yourself you know, six months or of like media, intermediate experience with Pearl or something. And like you suddenly go, oh crap, I forgot to take that off. I'm totally clocked. You know? Yeah. What are you going to say? Like, all right, well, if they give you a little test, if they give you some of Syracuse's code, are you going to be able to tell them what it says? I know what your answer to that would be. No. You say, no, Pearl can't be read. It's yeah, a trick Pearl question. can't be read. Can't be read. Um, so, but I mean, if you're self-effacing about it, I think that can be okay. Part of it is we rely so heavily. I think, I suspect. You have people, to be honest when you go in People hate it when I parse. That's what I learned, part. Merlin. You got to be okay. honest in there. I, I agree. I'm going to stop parsing because people hate that. I think, I think you shouldn't put it on there unless it's really true. And if you're counting on your resume to get you a job, it's going to be a really, really long time before you get a job. Uh, setting aside people like Dan Sponsor that does all the the special sauce with resumes, uh, it is a really blunt instrument. You know, if, if if certainly anybody who's looking for a job right now or has looked for a job in the last two years knows this a hundred times better than me. You hear all these stories about people going in, and they just want to they have to summarize it to fit into the little robot, right? They've got to have this fit in this form field. There has to be, there's basically, imagine like apparently, apparently with a lot of these kinds of robots, you know what I mean by robot? You got to go in and you got to like, you have to normalize all the data about your experience essentially. And so there's one pull down field for like what the thing is. There's another pull down field for how many, you know, years. And there's another one for level of expertise, I guess. I, I mean, this is what I'm imagining. It's like, it sounds like this is what a lot of people struggle with. And like, say you've gone in and let's say you're like really crazy good. Let's say you're like the second best guy in the entire world at Excel. So much so that like, like you're, let's say, let's say you actually are legitimately extremely good at Excel. Or let's say you're Larry Wall. Larry Wall goes in for a, <laughs> Larry Wall goes into a bar. Larry Wall goes in to get a job. And they say, do you know Pearl? He says, yes, I actually know lots of Pearl. And they say, okay. And how long have you been doing that? And he says, what would that be? Like 20 years? Something like that? More. More, 25 years? How long how old is it? How old, is, how old is Pearl? I think yeah. uh, Pearl, let me see when he actually came out with that. I think it's, well, let's he, say, says, let's say, he says 87. Okay. Well, let's say you go in there and you say, okay, I'm Larry Wall. How much Pearl experience do, do you have? And you go like, okay, well, I invented Pearl, so I'm pretty good with it. And you could have asked me that question 756 other ways. Uh, that's called a joke in the industry. Uh, and so they go, okay, Pearl, Pearl, is that uh, language? And they pull it, they don't know what it is, right? They don't know what Pearl is. They just know it's a thing. And so they got to find Pearl in the thing. And they select it. They say, would you say that you are a novice, intermediate, or advanced? And you're like, I'm not being clear. Like, I'm literally the guy that invented it. And they say, okay, well, then I will say advanced. <laughs> and how long have you been doing it? Would you say 5, 10, 20? Well, actually, like, like however, you know. Well, it only goes up to 20, so we're going to select 20. 
Right. <laughs> okay. Well, that would really not give you a fair sense of how good Larry Wall is at Pearl, right? Mm. But at the same time, I could go in and say, um, I'm new to Pearl, but I've been doing it for a year. And I would not look that that different from Larry Wall, right. according to the forms. If that's, all, if that's the instrument that they've got, but you know what? There's not, even if you've got a text area on that form, there's not a lot of room for subtlety and there's not a lot of room uh, for being anything like a polymath or somebody, you know, how, where do you put in the true amount of people skills that somebody has? Where do you put in, where do you put it in on the form other, other than under other that this is clearly the person who is best prepared for this interview, right? This does get to the challenges of being on that other side of the table, but I think having experiences like facing that kind of thing. And I mean, I've done this with trying to get jobs through like government sites and stuff like that. Or anytime you go to like, anyway, I'm not sure if I'm making a great point here. Here's what but I think, I, here's what I hear you saying. Made. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I hear you saying that the people that we're most at risk to lie to at an interview is actually ourselves. Oh, you took it and you turned it. That's good, Dan. Um, no, I don't know if that's true. I, I think it hurts everybody, but, uh, could be, it could be. The thing is, if you lie, it's only going to hurt you eventually later, right? And it's really going to harm them sooner probably because somebody who is being honest but would have been really good for their team might get overlooked, right? Because you were effective at being, you know, du du duplicitous. Yeah. What do, you, what, what do you think that means that hurts you the most? Well, I, I, mean, I was thinking back, you know, I've never... I've, I've gone into, there, were, there was a period of time where I was doing, I guess we'd call it a consulting work, where I was an employee of a consulting company or a, a number of consulting companies, which is different from the headhunting time period. It's, it's not- right. This is the thing where you said you get like hired for a pretty long while and yeah. if it goes great. Oh yeah. Okay. And I did, I mean, I, a typical contract, a short one would be three months, a long one would be six months or a year. And I did a lot of those. I mean, that, that was the main way that I, I had a job for- I mean, probably five years where you were just going from one thing to the next thing, the next thing. So I got, I got pretty good at interviewing and a lot of the, the way the process would work is the consulting company would say, Hey Dan, I know your contract's coming up in, you know, in November. Uh, we've, uh, you know, we've got an interesting opportunity over here at this company and, and they're looking for somebody to do, to do this, this specific kind of a job. And, uh, have you done that? It looks like you have. And I'd say, Oh yeah, yeah, I did that back at wherever. And, then you would go through your resume and, and highlight, you would, you would, you know, edit it so that instead of highlighting the networking stuff that you might have been doing for the last six months, it would highlight the software development stuff that you did a year earlier. And then you'd go in and people would say, oh, tell me, have you ever done X, Y, and Z? And yeah, yeah, I've done that. And here's how I did it. And, and at really through that process, what you learn is that, you know, yes, you're, you're obviously you have to be competent to do the job that they're hiring for you, but you're also trying to sell them on a certain aspect of your, of your experience and skill set as opposed to maybe the whole package. And that's something I feel like is really, really different today is today there's this much greater acknowledgement that people are more than just one thing. Like, and, and I'm especially talking, in, in tech or in general. Definitely in tech. I don't know if I can speak about it in general, really, but I think I think maybe in general too. But certainly in technology, is you know when when probably when we were both getting jobs, but certainly when I was getting jobs, and I'm talking about more than ten years ago, uh, for this kind of thing, 
you know, they, they wanted to hire, and you, you used the example of like a Perl programmer, like they wanted to hire a Perl programmer. And the fact that you might have also done PHP, if anything, they see that as a downside. That's a distraction. That's a weakness. <laughs> like, wow, it's too bad you had that PHP experience. We were really looking for a Perl guy. And like today, if I was hiring a software developer, I certainly wouldn't, could care less if they knew any Perl. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't knock them for knowing Perl. Sure but you would. Not, not outwardly. But as far as, you know, experience, I would say, oh, look, they know PHP, they know Rails, they know XYZ. I, I would see that as a plus. When, when I was hiring, they really, really just want to, oh, well, we just want to see plus plus developer. Like, that's what we're really looking for. And it seems like you've done a lot of things. You probably won't be happy here. You know, mm-hmm. and and now I think it's it's much more accepted that maybe he does design, maybe he does programming, maybe he also fixes cars. Those are all things we see as pluses. You know, we're looking mm-hmm. for somebody who can do multiple things. And I actually think it would be, it might be harder because of competition, but it would be easier today to go in and like I always wanted a company to to embrace that and back then they just didn't they just wanted you well we really are looking for like this one guy this one thing well it sounds like you're uh going off topic or like you know what i mean it sounds like you're changing the topic or you're doing that oh gosh that that peppermint patty thing where Uh she studied for the wrong test you know and she goes and they says what what this is about moby dick you're saying i'm off topic now no no and when you do that in an interview and they say well do you know do you know like do you know how to do uh, yeah. obscure Windows programming language 3.2. <laughs> yeah. And you go, well, I mean, I guess, I mean, I've done all these other things and I've done that and da 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 And say, well, the thing is, I have a check mark here about whether or not you know how to do that. And it's really weird that you just said you know how to do other things, so I'm going to put no. Right. You know what I mean? It sounds, yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand, I, I had a chili dog, so I'm probably confused. There's so many ways that you can think about this, I think. Um, I'll get away from that boring topic of the filling out forms part because that's probably not a problem we can solve. But uh, let's see, Pearl has been out for 23 years, nine months, nine days, according to Wolf from Alpha. Mm. Just so you get that in notes, December 18th, 1987. Um, here's, here's one. Uh, well, I'm not really answering your question. What was your question specifically? No, just please go. There was none. Mm, I don't think that's true. Uh, I think what you're describing, though, I've felt that a lot. Um, well, and again, just speaking for myself, I have felt that need to have this diarrhea resume that dumps everything I've ever kind of done until it, until really it's like it's almost like handing somebody a mosaic and then asking them to put it together <laughs> instead of presenting a picture of yourself as this rounded person. You go like, well, here's all these factoids. Like, here's you know, here here's how many here's how many ounces of you know. Uh, of calcium there are in my body. <laughs> Here's what my bone density is. But they don't really know anything about you as a, a worker or a person, right? And so th- this is why this gets complicated, especially by who is... Um, and after we finish this dumb part, can we come back to like interview question tips? Because I have a lot for that. Yes. Okay. It depends a lot on the, who the person is that's interviewing you. And, and you may not know... You Okay. You may know really quickly what their level of expertise is and what their ability, what their power in the hiring process is. Because that those two factors, what their expertise is and whether they can hire you basically, has got to have so much to do with how that interview goes. I, I, re- I really believe that. So you don't know that going in, right? You may prepare a resume. Let's put it this way. You may prepare a resume that you would be comfortable putting in front of Larry Wall or that you would be comfortable putting in front of 
Scott Forstall. Mm. Like you would be willing, you'd be comfortable speaking in a lot of specificity, not about the fact that you're a quote unquote programmer. You might say, well, actually, I'm primarily an objective C programmer and I've been focusing on iOS apps and I've especially been working on the, you know what I mean? You could go into these extreme specifics of what you do. Uh, that would cut through a lot of nonsense for a technical person. And obviously, I'm, I'm not like really a technical person. I, I'm just kind of pulling those words out of the air. But right, you could come up with something where if Dan wanted to hire somebody to, uh, if you wanted to hire somebody, you're, you're Dan, right? Yeah, go ahead. Let's say, go let's ahead, say you had, like you take a, thank you, uh, for a first time Ruby list. I like, I've got this whole like bunch of feature requests that are totally unnecessary for your site. If you ever like decided to go hire two people, like I've got this giant list of stuff I'd love to have on the site. Let's say you went out and hired two people to do that. Wouldn't it be cool if they came to you and were extremely specific about what they've done? Like when I go into a company, I'm always blown away by how specific people's jobs are. What's his name? Like Alex, Alex Choi at Twitter. Like I was talking to him and like he has a very specific role of like this one part of the release process of like when something, you know, gets deployed. You know, I think it's kind of one of those places where they're so good about version control. You know, you can deploy stuff and you know what I mean? But like there's these people with these extremely specific jobs. Like in your case, if somebody came to you and just said like, I'm a veteran technologist, like that may sound really sensible to them. Yeah. But it'd be a lot cooler if they said, well, I started out as a web developer, but I got more and more interested in the programming aspects of that. So I used to know a lot of Python and then I picked up Ruby and now I really love working in Rails. But just so you know, I, I went and I looked at your GitHub, Dan Benjamin, and I looked at what you've got on your site. Mm. Um, I, had some, I had some ideas. Here's some stuff I did that was related to that. I had to implement something similar. I really love the way that you handled uh, taxonomies and faceting on Playgrounder. And that's similar to... Right? Like, that's the dream. If somebody comes up to you and they've like, done their homework and they know enough about you to know what, this, what to say, and that would be an easy hire for you, probably among other things. Not easy, but you know what I mean? That would help a lot, right? Definitely. But like, what if... Like, what if you sent like somebody in your family who didn't know a lot about that to do it. Let's say something happened and you, uh, you, you, you broke your gluten and had to go to the hospital and you had to give them like a five bullet list. Well, <laughs> okay, you had to do it over like a, a dying cell phone and go like, okay, make sure that they know um, not just Ruby, but they've also got to know Rails and they've got to be, and you give this list. So that person is going to like have the most tedious interview ever because the person conducting that is speaking phonetically. And is that not a lot like the manpower Gal Friday style things you went through with consulting i mean was the person getting you those consulting gigs like a technically inclined person or were they just ticking off bullets yeah more you know i think more and more and more of the latter as time went by like early on you would find these consulting companies that were created by like a consultant dude and his friend who wanted to make you know like they had a they, they were on some big project and they created the company that right. could help their friends get jobs and so they were like technology people but very, very quickly that went away and it became more and more like your contact at the consulting company would be somebody who was maybe six months out of school. I don't know what their degree would have been in and they mm -hmm. were ticking off by Adams on the bulleted list. But I don't know I if think, those companies exist much. I think it's much more headhunters now. Yeah, but those headhunters, well, I don't know about headhunter. You mean specifically going, being brought in to go after a specific person at a specific company? Um maybe or maybe just try you know the the whole concept of hiring talent away from a job to get them to come somewhere but you're else. talking about non non-executive non-manager yeah, yeah i think non, of that yeah. i think of that as being executive and manager stuff usually okay. well gosh I'm no, sorry. no 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 i'm I don't so know. sorry <laughs> no i think we're getting to something pseudo interesting though um 
which is just, well, we, we got away from this one interesting thing to another interesting thing. I'm not sure where to go back to. I don't know. I, I think part of the problem is you don't know what you're facing either at that company or in that interview, unless you've done a lot of research. And even if you have, you still don't, like, now let's imagine you went the other way. Let's imagine that you prepared a resume and you prepared, let's say you have been really good. And let's look up what episode where we talked about this before, because there's another episode where we talked about some of the stuff that would be really useful. Okay. And I'm avoiding talking about that useful stuff because we already talked about it. But like, let's say you did prepare a resume. And yes, I think you should, to repeat myself, you should have a different resume for every job that you're applying to. I mean, if you really want it. Yeah. If you don't want it, you're fine. Just keep saying the same thing. Um, but if you have prepared a resume for like a Larry Wall and you, it ends up being with you know, the manpower person, well, that's going to be weird. But then the other way is even worse, of course, right? If you, if somebody who wanted the job working with Dan filled, wrote, sent a resume that they thought was going to go to the bullet tick off person and it actually went to you, you'd be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It says here, you like computers? Like, what does that mean? Right? I mean, I went through this back in that when I first got out of college, I was doing some really unsuccessful temping work. By temping and uh, speaking agencies, man, there's not, not a lot of... <laughs> um, not, I, you know what? I'm not going to say anything mean. I'm not going to be mean anymore. But uh, really, really dumb people, a lot of those places. And um, to cut that out, I didn't mean that. No. But I would go in there and say, well, here's the thing. Um, you know, I went to liberal arts school. Uh, I can do lots of different things. I do learn really quickly. I'm very comfortable in Microsoft Word and Excel. And, but I said, but I, what I really love to do is laying things out in PageMaker. I said, I've been doing PageMaker for about a year and a half. I'm pretty good at it. I've done some real estate publications. This is, you know, 1990 or whatever. And I said, okay. So desktop publishing, whatever that is. I've written that down here. And do you know how to use laser writers? Um, yes, I do. Well, do you really? Well, that's kind of a weird question because he's really using a laser writer. You just kind of hit a button and then it prints to the laser writer. So yes, I know how to use laser writers. Okay, okay, we'll get back to you. Um, okay, so we got something for you. Uh, it's it's uh, You said you wanted desktop publishing for $15 an hour. Uh, we got something very close, uh, which is uh, data entry for $7 an hour. Is that something that uh, you would be interested in? <laughs> right? And so then you're like, ah, you know? It's, like it's not like they're out there like, like, they weren't really out there kind of... Uh, they represent the companies a lot more than they were representing me, right? They might have said that like they, they like any of those situations, they want to make you feel good. It's almost like the whole like if you're not spending money and buying products like you are the product. In that case, <clears throat> people like us are the product. The people who are being sought out by those recruiting companies that Marco talks about, right? Where it kind of feels like, it sounds like they're trying to hire you, but really they just want you as chum yeah. for this big system they're yeah. selling to other people. I think that happens a lot. I don't have an answer for cutting through all of that. Um, and it's, another area I feel like I have very little expertise is like how to make a great resume today. Uh, I've recommended in the past books like What Color Is Your Parachute? Uh, the, the Jackals Can Say Whether That's Still a Useful Book. I found that to be a very useful book when I needed it because it got me comfortable with this idea of very, being very specific and faceted about, about what you do, um, but also being economical about how you report it. And then, this is my words, not theirs, using your resume to tell a story, right? That you don't just say, you know, here's an undifferentiated pile of bullets and go try to figure out what I'm good at. Um, I think when people are hiring, they want to know who knows how to solve problems, right? N not who knows how to use Excel, I think it's increasingly for the better jobs. Uh, I think you can show, yes, if you sat me down in front of Excel, I could do a pivot table. That's cool. 
But I wouldn't focus so heavily on that stuff unless that's really what's going to be super useful. I think the problem solving part is to go, well, one thing is nobody in the office noticed how often we were having trouble scheduling the conference rooms and it ended up embarrassing us in front of clients a few times. And so I spent a, spent a Labor Day weekend coming up with this uh, FileMaker database that made it easier for us to do that. Well, I don't understand. I thought, well, you know, I just it really helped everybody at the office and that was a good thing. Like stuff like that is awesome. Like putting that on there is like, wow, that, what does that show? Well, you know what that shows? You know how to use FileMaker Pro. It wasn't just a bullet. Right. You now put that in context, but it also showed you had the initiative to go do something. Uh, so I, I don't know, maybe that won't fit into the government system that wants bullets. But to me, if I were hiring people, that's, was, that's what I would want to hear. Uh, I would want to hear more than just rote answers to my rote questions. I would want to hear that you understand um, we should need you as much as you theoretically need us. And again, to repeat that episode I mentioned, uh, in a weird way, like in a weird way, if you're good at that interview, uh, the power in that, on that playing field is not as bad as it would be uh, if you're a bonehead because they probably really want you. If you're good and you present well and you distinguish yourself, um, they're, they're probably going to want to bring you in. So your job is listening and then presenting that in a sensible way so that they can draw those conclusions themselves. So you don't have to lie, mm. right? But again, now this gets us back to the big arc, and then I'll shut up, is that uh, the expertise and experience stuff, right? Because if you go and you've come up with this thing and you've decided you're a veteran technologist, and I will have the guts to go find that awful resume, and I will put it up. Um, if you go in there and you do all of that and it's not working out for you, uh, well, one thing you can do, it takes a little bit of stones, but if you're pretty sure you didn't get, if you're pretty sure you bombed the interview, it actually might not hurt to go, you know what? I'm sorry, that went really poorly. What, what would you think what would you say I should do differently next time? Wow. <laughs> what could I have done to get this job? What the hell? You're not going to get the job anyway. Like, what are they going to do, sue you? But, you know, in the same way that sometimes a good literary magazine or journal will, will give you notes on what you sent, uh, that never hurts to do. Sometimes people will be happy to give you notes. You don't have to be that blunt about it. Um, but may, you could even, if you had a pretty good rapport, I have done this maybe twice ever. But when I did, back in the day when people would call you back uh, about, yeah, well, we liked you, but you didn't get the job. May, at least once and probably twice, I, even in my own arrogance, uh, I had the, found the courage to say, well, can you tell me what that person had that I didn't have? Like, that's really good to hear from somebody. Because if you know they liked you, they might, you know what a lot of times they'll say something like, you'll hear like, well, they had a little more experience. Um, they had a little more experience working remotely. Or they had a little more, they seemed like they'd had a little more practical experience with Filmmaker Pro. That's a good note for you. Because that not only tells you what you should highlight more, it shows you what you should learn more. And if, if it turns out after they said that, you go, well, oh my gosh, I should have mentioned that I wrote this database over Labor Day weekend to help the company. Then you go, oh, you hit yourself on the head and go, oh, that's really going to be good for me to mention next time. Um, but then if you do make it there, you think it's close. I think we should talk about some interview stuff too, if we have time. Sure. Like, like I don't know. So I babbled a lot. Did any of that? What was good about that? I think the whole thing was good. Can I ask you this? Sure. For whoever you decided to bring in as your co-host, what did you, what attracted you to them over me? What what did they do better? Be honest. I've never, I've never, don't have any other co-hosts. I'm not sure I follow you. I like it when you and Gruber 
like a James Bond movie. I mean, I always enjoy that, but I really, really like it when you guys didn't like it. I got to tell you. I liked, I liked, I liked the, uh, what was, what was the Craig one? The first Craig one. The, uh, Casino, uh, Ro- Casino Royale. Royale. And, <laughs> what was the one right before that? That was the Pierce Brosnan movie, uh, Die, <laughs> Die Another Day, I think. I'm trying to block it out. I, I just want to say, if you, I know if you're listening to this show, there's probably a very good chance that you already listened to the talk show, but that was so goddamn funny. It just, you, you, you were, you were so funny. It sounded like you were just at wit's end. Like you just I couldn't was, go on. I was, you, it was really bad. <laughs> but the way you talk about how bad it was, was so great. Uh, I hope you do more of those. So great. Um, hey, did you know I'm hiring? Well, I didn't want to say anything. Yeah. But that's what I thought it might be. And so you said job interview. I opened up and I said, oh, since I'm in my own weird way trying to do a kind of sales slash biz dev for the stuff, I you thought do. maybe you were going, do you want to help me interview this person? So that's kind of what I thought that was. Oh. Yeah. Do you want to help me interview this person? <sighs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. What was the exact quote? Was it called this from Syracuse? Uh, said it? Is that right? No. Syracuse Sy- says so. Said so, oh, but what's now? What's the site? What's the site? Oh, what's the Syracuse has said so? Was the Star Wars episode? What um, is the uh, faith? What's the site with the John Syracuse's site with all his quotes on it? Syracuse said so. Is that it? Yeah, Syracuse said so. Syracuse said so. Yeah, dot com. Put it, put it in the show notes right now. <clears throat> oh, this is the post. Um, <laughs> these are so funny. These are is this so, part some of the show the or is this the after dark now? No, we're not done. We're about to get really useful. Okay. What was it? It was one about messages. And people in the chat room are asking, am I really hiring? Yes, I, I really am hiring. And it's for a sales type person, right? A sales type person. It's a lot of work, Dan. It is going to be a lot I don't know how you do it because, I mean, even with just the tiny bit of that I've done, the... It uh, kills you. I mean, even like I have a little kind of lightweight CRM type thing I use, but I ended up using um, like Google Docs, but still like I'm not a complete idiot with that stuff, but like it's a lot of work. And and I don't think I'm like good at it. You... I would love to help with that because I'm not good at it. Oh, it was the one he said about like the emails he gets from his mother. Oh, I know the one. You? Oh, here we go. This will be from episode 18 of Hypercritical at minute 52. God bless whoever made this site. You, like my mother, communicate. Sorry. Yeah, like my mother, communicate in short bursts of incomprehensible English that have no obvious response or call to action. So cold. (laughs) Um... I don't know how to get a job and I don't, so I certainly don't have any advice on like what's best for what your thing is. But I, just cause I do know a little about this, I think it would be fun to talk about how to have a better interview, how to try and save an interview that's going south since this is theoretically about interviews. Would that be interesting at all? I, th- I think it would be very interesting. Okay. Because even though we've got the problem of, well, these interviews are a lot of times kind of BS. You know, <laughs> I mean, I said that thing. I've been I've been reprimanded and corrected on this probably very fairly a number of times. But I think what I said one time was something like avoiding Craigslist. You know, um, avoiding all those one ads because there aren't that many great jobs that get advertised. Like if it was a good job, you know, in my experience, this is just my experience. The jobs that you tend to see advertised are usually not the best job in the place. They're jobs that nobody internally wanted, or in my experience, uh, they're jobs that they had to advertise because of 
what different kinds of you know fair hiring practices or you know what I mean like there's certain kinds of jobs where especially if it's like a uh, executive position or something they've got to put it in there right you know what I'm talking about I do like have you ever been places where they're like I mean I think almost every company especially if they don't suck or a department let's say even a team would really rather um, promote internally you know what I mean promote from within they have to for just so many reasons you don't you know, a stranger walking in there and calling shots. You don't, I can't I mean, trust if, them. If your company's culture is falling apart and you decide to hire a new position <laughs> called, uh, what was that? Like the uh, <laughs> chief happiness officer or whatever. Like your, so your company's culture is going really bad and you decide, A, to have a chief happiness officer. What do you do? Well, you hire from outside, of course. That'll cheer them up. <laughs> you know, we need we need a new person to make everyone happy. Well, if you hire from within, you 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 already know it's a known quantity, right? You you know what you're dealing with with somebody. Um, you could have seen firsthand what their pluses and minuses are, and they've got skin in the game. They, you know what I mean? They're already there's a reason for them to stay there and want to keep moving up. Do do you know what I'm saying? Does that all kind of make sense? Makes sense to me. And like I say, this is for another show. But from that other side of the table, it's so costly. You know, I've talked to, I have one client, I haven't talked there in a while, but it's a company that does a popular internet service thing. And um, their like customer service is a big part of what they do. And they bring in, they train people for like six weeks when they come in. Uh, engineers are given a class on like how you have to wear pants and not stink at work because there's so many people who come in that have never worked in a place before. That, that's, you know, I'm being dramatic. But like anybody who comes in, they t- teach them like how to have a job as part of what they teach. It's brilliant right? Their retention is fantastic because they go in and, you know, they're going to see how you do with that. They're going to see in those six weeks, like if you're going to be able to grok this. So if you show up at how to wear pants class, not wearing pants, that's going to be an excellent indicator of your long-term success, right? Because what they learned was that hiring is expensive, whether that's for people to answer the phone, uh, whether that's for people to answer questions or whether that's people to answer the shareholders and board, it's very, very costly. So I, I think when you um, advertise from without, if you like, I don't know, it also sends a message to employees. But some things must be advertised. Um, I'm, I'm rambling, aren't I? I like, I like where you're going. Yeah. I do. I really do. I can't solve the problem of interviews being dumb. Um, but if I think you can have a role, well, first of all, like we've said before, it's a good practice. It is good practice. I... I, uh, if I were out really looking for a job right now, personally, I would be trying to get a lot of interviews, even at places you don't want to work because it's good practice and you'll learn a lot. And what you might learn, let's be honest, it could be, you may learn information you'd really rather not know. You may learn that like people are laughing at your resume in front of you, but isn't it better to know that sooner than later? So, you know, we can't fix that problem. So let's talk about like some, some tactics and skills, shall we? I I love the concept that tactics and skills can be employed in this and that there's something tangible for people to grab onto. Hmm. God, you're opaque. You're like, you're like if curtains had curtains. You know? You open them up and there's just more curtains. And then you keep opening, there's another set of curtains and behind that is a sheet that says, well, that's fine with me. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then a picture of two monkeys kissing. God, I love this. When I send you those kind of pictures? Yeah, yeah, I do. Does I don't it have I don't to always... be monkeys or it can be anything. No, sometimes it's robots, sometimes it's ladies you send me. 
I sent you one of two ladies kissing one time. Remember that? I do. That was fun. That's what a printer is for. I like Google Image. No, honey, it's for work. (laughs) No, honey, you know the thing I do with Dan? I need to find a picture of two ladies, like cute ladies, kissing to send him for work. (laughs) What do you think of the new Catwoman outfit? Uh, What do you mean the outfit? You mean from the movie? Well, the, or the pictures new, of the uh, new the new comic book number one, the new the lady from uh, lady from Rio. What do you think of her new outfit? Do you like it? I don't like it. You I don't think like you're it. thinking of that Duran Duran video. Oh, the okay. body save painting. A, save a prayer. Okay, huh? Chauffeur. Um, let's see. How can we break this down into three parts? Like people hate. I think one thing is uh, there's a whole like world of information out there about like how to dress and how to act and all that kind of stuff. I am the wrong person. Uh, I think. There's a thing they say about like just for the job you want. Uh, but then I would also counter that with things like the Thoreau, you know, beware of enterprises that require new clothes kind of wisdom. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I wouldn't go in there wearing flip-flops and stuff, but, you know, there's plenty of other places to learn about that. Should we skip the clothes and the prep and that kind of stuff? Yeah. I think the really interesting part is the interactions and how you respond. Can you wear a t-shirt to a job interview? You could. What about just a pair of shorts, like a pair of shorts sure. and a t-shirt? You could literally pull a sub out of your shorts and start eating. You could do that right at the meeting. In fact, you know what? A nice I'm with stupid shirt and a sub. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, you need to brush, I, your, brush your teeth before the interview? Bring you a mean little, like, little pocket, like a, like, one of those little pocket toothbrushes that turns inside of itself, unfolds like a little, like a little finger brush. You ever seen those little yeah, finger brushes little like for finger, babies? Finger brush. Keep Baby finger brush. Bluetooth. I think... Um, bring, bring a little snack with you during the interview. Break it out. Eat a little candy bar. Snickers. Hmm. Like, oh, like fun size. Yeah. That's not like really a, fun. Like that should be gold, bigger. Goldenberg chew. Like you can get up north. You just made that up. Is it like a Charleston chew? No, it's a Goldenberg chew. It's a th- completely different thing. Goldenberg. Did you ever like chunky bars? I thought I liked chunky bars until I, I had one and it had raisins in it. And I thought, that just seemed wrong. Didn't it seem, always seem like a chunky bar should just More be a big ass? The, the whatchamacallit. I like a whatchamacallit. It's got nougat, right? Less nougat than in a Milky Way. Now, a Milky Way versus Three Musketeers, same thing, but what with a Mars bar. Is that too ma pear or feel? I can never remember. I have this theory. It's a theory that applies to other people and not to me because I'm not good at it. But I think that... Mr. The, Mr. Good Bar. Oh, with Diane Keaton. That's the one where they boil the lobsters. <laughs> That's a scary movie. And not just because of the disco. A Heath Bar. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, it's a great movie. What about looking, looking for the eyes of Laura Mars? A Laura Mars Bar? What was that called? It was the one with the lady from, uh, from uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Clark Mom. Bar. Has she really never seen Mommy Dearest? Never seen it. Okay. Can you hire somebody to keep that list up? Maybe two people? Yeah. You should get like a, a you know, a get revision system because that's going to be a lot of additions and changes. Twix. Have a lot of pu- oh, pushing. candy bar. Pushing to production. What faith hasn't seen. Dot net. I think in the aggregate, in the long run, a lot of times people are kind of going to remember what you did, but they're often more likely to remember how you did it. It's one reason I try not to argue with people on the internet because I think people are less likely to remember whether you won the argument than the fact that you're a dick who argues on the internet. Um, I think that's what people remember. There's a lot of really, really smart people who have now become remembered, have become more um, well-known for their feuds and stuff than they have for like 
you know, like what they do and how they do it. And I think that goes for job interviews too. I think when you go in there, even if you're like a pretty C minus at a lot of the stuff, if you handle yourself well and you seem composed and you seem, I don't want to say relaxed. I'm not saying you should put your feet up or anything, but I think you're going to come across a lot better, uh, you know, than some kind of tightly wound character who seems defensive and scared. And so I have ideas for how to do that. First of all, does that make sense? Butterfinger. No, that's the one. Uh, no, that's paleo friendly. You get that as a mix in. Is that right? At Amy's? Amy's. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I was in an event and they said, I have to redact this in a number of ways, but at the event they said, hey, listen, we're having Cold Stone Creamery come in. Oh. I'm like, this sounds great. I've never been to Cold Stone Creamery. I would like to try it. I hear that they have a Cold Stone. <laughs> they put ice cream on that and then they mix stuff in with it. Yeah. Is that, is that not what they do at Cold Stone Creamery? I guess. Okay, Cold Stone Creamery arrives. Can I tell you something? Yeah. No stone. They, they got, you know what they got? They got three buckets of ice cream and some M&M's. Nestle's Crunch. If you had hired Cold Stone Creamery to come to your event, would you expect them to have a stone? And for it to be cold, in fact? Lowered expectations. Hmm. Hmm. I think people remember how you handled yourself. And it's something I think about in life. As somebody who's a, a, a recovering hothead, uh, I, I'm not so much of a hothead anymore, but I, I think I used to get really emotional about stuff. And then I go, oh my gosh, you know, like Nixon, where the cover-up is worse than the crime. Mm. I think the way you respond to stuff uh, is sometimes much more memorable than what caused the thing. You mean the way that you answer questions or the way that just you compose yourself overall? Or I think both. I think both. And in an interview, I, I don't, again, this is one of the numerous things I don't actually know, but I suspect that once you've seen a whole lot of people in job interviews, like let's say you're, you're that poor bastard whose job it is to go hire somebody. I think if you've seen let's even say 15 people in the last week. Um, by the time you've seen person 13, you can't help but have a pretty good idea about the quality of the stock that's coming through your yard. You know what I mean? And you've probably gotten pretty good at knowing whether this person is closer or further to getting the job than somebody else. And even if that 15th person comes in, that, that 15th person could end up blowing all the others away. This also has to do with a psychological thing known as primacy and recency. But that last person and that first person are probably most likely to be the people that you would hire in some ways, right? That last person, but the last person who comes in there has a big opportunity, right? It's, it's why you like that spot at the blackjack table, you know? <laughs> uh, you don't gamble. It doesn't matter. Uh, but being that last person, you could really come off super great to somebody and you could totally obliterate all the other candidates. If you seem cooler than everybody else, I'm not saying you have to be the last person, but if you can be the one who was really composed, unflustered, relaxed, and right. didn't seem like they were lying or had anything to hide. Right. And of course, when you're lying and have something to hide, you often really seem like you're lying and have something Disingenuous. to Disingenuous. Right. And so for like, for example, for almost any of those questions you ask, which I think, were you actually reading those or you did that really well? Were you actually reading those? The questions? The fake questions from the beginning or the, you know, the interview questions. Yeah. I, I spent some time collecting uh, questions. I have a lot more. Are you being facetious or are those real? Those are real, right? Real. Yeah, they're real. That's awesome. So awful. Um, uh, don't be like me and literally laugh out loud when people ask those questions, right? Especially if that person seems really serious about it. Um, oh, God, Dan, I just had a horrible flashback. York Peppermint Batty. Oh, it's the worst. I remember 
the local paper in Tallahassee was looking at hiring me because you know nobody needed websites and they were going to hire me. I remember I sat in this woman's office and she actually had a hat, like a, a crappy made-to-order baseball cap sitting on her file cabinet, red baseball cap, white letters that said coach. And I had to sit there in her office for like five minutes before she came in. And I just sat there like going, this is, why am I here? Why am I here? This is such a bad idea. I mean, what do you think? You walk in someone, you see a baseball cap that says coach. It's not a softball thing. It's an, so I knew it was, and, and it was like the worst interview I've ever had in my life. I totally forgotten about it until right now. <gasps> oh, Tallahassee Democrat. You can take it out of a man. Oh my God, it was brutal. And the reason I'm remembering it, Dan, is she barely looked at me the whole time. She, the coach. Coach. Right? We'll call her the coach. Yeah. Actually, she's coach because I think it was all in caps. <laughs> I remember her <laughs> pulling out her drawer, pulling out a piece of paper, writing some stuff on it. And I don't think she looked up from the paper. And I'm just, oh my God, this is all coming back to me. I think it was almost all stuff like, like you ask at the beginning, those kinds of questions. And I, I think I deliberately handled it badly because the coach thing was kind of grinding my gears. But let's try some more of this. Should we try those questions again? Give me, give me one of those questions. All right, uh, let me get them here. Okay, first of all, what kind of job? What kind of job am I uh, trying out for? Does it matter? Yeah, it does. Is it a tech job or a non-tech job? Entry, nah, not entry level, intermediate level tech job. Like uh, okay. n- not, not quite manager director level. How much experience do I have? I'm like, I'm pretty good. How about this? How about I'm pretty good at, and I'm not, I'm making all this up. I'm pretty good at Python, but I'm not that good at Rails yet. Okay. Okay, go. Let's see here. I got a lot of, I got a lot of good Do you ones. have a bathroom? Sorry. Go ahead. Tell, tell me about a time when you worked with a colleague who was not completing his or her share of the work. Who, if anyone, did you tell or talk to about it? <laughs> Um, to be honest with you, there was a time when I had a dot-com job where I felt that way about everybody. I was working way too much. And at first, I, uh, I, to be honest with you, I, I thought it was really weird that people with kids would go off to pick them up from nursery school. And uh, I, I went and I talked to my boss about it. And I actually mentioned it. And to be perfectly honest, yeah, he pointed out that that was a really self-involved thing and that I should focus a lot more uh, on what I was doing. And so I did. And uh, I'm really glad I went to him. Does, does that answer your question? Dove bar. Dove bars are good. They're kind of costly. Um, and I noticed that a lot of people were picking up their dove bars. So I went to my boss. Okay, here's the thing. I think if you, um, if you actually don't have an anecdote about that, I think it doesn't hurt to say, I... Hmm. I can't really think of a great answer to that because I've never had quite that situation. Are you looking more for um, whether I'm comfortable going to other people or whether I complain a lot? I think the intention of this question was they're trying to see if you are someone who can handle yourself without moment-to-moment supervision. Right. Well, I think, I've, I think I've been pretty good at that. Uh, we started a, a policy a few years ago where we all can work at home for one day a week. And uh, during that time, it was really weird. At first, I was very scared about whether I could do this. But I found that after about six, or, six months or so, I was actually getting a lot more done. And I discovered that, that forcing that compression of having to do office-specific things at the office was making me a lot more productive. So I think it worked out in the end. I mean, I really enjoy being in an office. Uh, I like being able to work with my colleagues. But... Uh, I was also really happy to find out that I could go home and do that and I wouldn't just sit around and watch TV shows. 
And I, th- I think it was good in the end. Describe. I don't know. I'm making this up, but that, that's the kind of thing. Like if you, you can personalize it. I, you know what I remember? Merle? I remember what? somebody once telling me as an, as an interview tip that the answer to any question should be, I mean, unless it's an obviously bad question, you know, where they're trying to get you to say something negative. The answer to every question should be yes. So for example, if somebody were to say to you, do you have any experience with laser writers? Yes. I have related experience to laser writers because I used an inkjet printer. You know, that, that, that sounds like that kind of media training yes. you get. The, the answer should so, always be yes. Yeah. I think that's where that whole so thing started is like people saw lots of political people interviewed on TV. Yeah. Right. Where they're like, would you say that, that the candidate, would you say that your candidate is better known for having intercourse with pigs or for, for hiring pigs to have intercourse with other pigs? And they go, so hiring practices are important. Hiring practices are very important for every candidate. But I think in this case, the candidate is most focused on jobs and education and giving everybody a fair chance. Really a fair shake is, is what our candidate is about. Right. And so if you, if you start by beginning by saying so, colon, like a fan hoot, then you can actually say whatever you want after that. <laughs> All right. That's the immediate grandfathering disclaimer. You can also go, hey, look over there and then run out of the room. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if saying yes to everything is great. And, and, but like, you know, can I just point out here, like the way that I answered those questions, that was all like stuff. That was all real. Yeah. And like, you know what? Uh, I don't know if that's good for you, but that would have been great for me because that's how I talk. And if they didn't like that, I'm going to know pretty quick. If they thought that was too babbly, if they thought that was too off topic, if they thought that didn't address the question, if they thought that was not germane to the question that they really wanted, you know what? That's good for both of us. <laughs> the answer to that is not go, yes, I have been very dynamic in having a proactive approach vis-a-vis workplace conflicts and challenges. Because that's not how I talk. And if they hired me for saying bullshit like that, I would not be a good employee and they would not be a happy company. Right. And this is why I say go and practice a lot. Because if you go and practice a lot, you're going to be more comfortable at where and when you should shuck or jive. And yeah, it depends on the job. If you're trying to get a job in the Secret Service, you probably shouldn't make a lot of cracks and, and fart jokes or references to your blog or whatever. But that, that's, that's what this is about. In the same way that the experience and expertise helps you with the skills of your job once you get it, getting the job is also going to require a certain amount of sensitivity and, and like we've said before, the research, right? Go and do the research. What kind of company is this? Like, I would not go into IBM, you know, wearing like a Hawaiian shirt. I, I, I'm just going to guess. Like, I don't know that much about IBM. My sense is that they are a pretty traditional company. Yeah. There used to be like a joke up there about, you know, you'd wear like a suit and a little skinny tie. Um, and by the same token, I don't know if I would go into Google like wearing a waistcoat. I think that would look a little weird. And it would show, like, you come in there looking like freaking, you know... You'd be uh, disconnected. Mr. Disconnected right. from you. That's the Monopoly guy. Mr. 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 Moneybags, is that his name? Like, <laughs> I'm not sure I that's like that look. guy. It's his little monocle. I got a little hat it's on. Funny. It's funny. I'm just up here. Give me your money. You know what Slash Fiction is? You know what that is? That's where people write about Captain Kirk and Spock exactly. having an affair. I do that with him and Sir Topham Hat. <laughs> <laughs> They're so similar and yet exactly so, so different. Oh man, you have caused confusion and delay. <laughs> Chunky bar. I didn't know it had nuts and raisins, and so I was sad. Payday bar. Payday is that coconut? Hundred grand. Pass. You don't like the hundred grand. 
Oh, no, I just wanted a different question. I was going to give that one to Tony Randall. Oh. Um, <laughs> and so really, at the end of the day... Uh, Baby Ruth. I, I think it's pronounced Babe. <laughs> or as you like to say, Baba. <laughs> Com- component, the component bar. It's a contract component. Right. It's going nowhere. I um shoot, that wasn't that useful. I had two cards. Huh. What did they say? These cards? Is this a, uh, is this the after dark or is this stop talking and no really stop talking? Mm. Okay. Hershey's um, bar. I, I want to get back to that one point that got probably got lost in all the nonsense because I think this actually is really true. I think this is true for a lot of stuff. Um, well, you know, the step zero groundwork thing is there's not really that much stuff you can change about stuff. Like there's the stuff you can do for yourself, but there's not really that much, you know, you can't really blame the person. I can't blame that coach because I didn't get that job. That was a terrible match to begin with. The fact that she was a crazy robot uh, at this at this awful company, God bless them. Uh, you know, that's that's there's nothing I could have done to change that. And even if I conducted myself perfectly, I might have considered it a victory if they offered me the job. But if you think about it, the way you game it, like it's almost like SEO. Like you could decide that I just want to get a job offer from every one of these. But you know, and I've said this before, but I think a more interesting idea might be, how can I handle myself in here? Like, let's say my goal for today is to come out of here feeling like I have more power than when I came in. What would that look like? Mm. What if I, what if I decided that my, instead of like, so let's take it, you know, as read that the implicit goal, as you stated it is, I really need this job. Well, that's not really a goal, (laughs) right? I mean, your real goal is like, get hired. But I think the goal that comes across for a lot of people is I'm desperate. Like, so let's say a good first step is how do I get them to want to hire me? How do I get them to see me as an answer to a question rather than somebody who's asking for something? But then, you know, if you, if you are get, having a lot of job interviews and you end up getting a lot of practice, uh, think about it different ways. Give yourself an angle, right? Like maybe your, maybe your angle is I want to I walk out of here regardless of whether I get offered the job that was advertised, uh, I would like a formal, informal, or implied interest from this person that they actually would like to talk to me again if something came up. And you know the difference. You know, there's the whole we'll hold your resume thing versus, actually, you know what? Give me your personal email address because I have a friend that should talk to you, right? That kind of stuff happens. Believe it or not, guys, that, that does happen in job interviews. And this is why I say it's really more important how you present yourself than like whether you got the question right. Because they might think it's a dumb question too. And you don't want to, you know what I mean? You don't want to shake them up necessarily. But I think how you come across to them, uh, well, first of all, you get to be yourself. And not just yourself as in, I like to like sit around in shorts and fart, but yourself as in who you actually are. You don't have to be dishonest with them. Uh, and will being dishonest with them get you the job anyway? More saliently, will lying to them or being dishonest with them get you this job that you would have to lie to get. Like, that's kind of crazy if you think about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I think, I don't know. I mean, I, under, I totally understand, like, the I need a job part. But, and then a couple of just quick assorted things, and we'll go. But And this is a little bit of a rehash from that episode whose number I can't remember. But um, I think do keep in mind resumes, and I do apologize. This is a rehash, but I'm going to do it. Um, resumes, I think, very seldom get people jobs in and of themselves, especially today. Resumes are a hugely commodified business, a hugely commodified um, data point, really. It's they all kind of look the same, especially if you're in tech. So consider building a resume that is tuned for a certain position at a certain place, but also consider how it supports having had a great interview rather than getting you a job, because I think that changes the way you approach it. Um, uh, there's all that stuff like don't do fruity stuff with your resume, like don't put it on jokey paper. 
um, we didn't get to this, Dan, but sometimes we should get to the whole, like, how do you, how do you handle like problematic things, right? Like gaps and things like that. Yeah. That would be an interesting topic too. Yeah. Um, but then I think the much bigger thing to keep in mind is that just because simp- it's not a criticism, but like just because you need the job has absolutely no relationship to whether you'll get the job mostly. If in fact, it might harm you more than help, help you, Right. Like when I was in seventh grade, I thought like telling a girl how much I liked her was a guarantee that she would like me instead of just looking really, really creepy, right? And I'm not saying to go all like seduction community and go in there and like make fun of them and look at their friend, but uh, <laughs> apparently we got to technique number 17. But I think going in there and uh, yeah, look them in the eyes like, uh, and, and yeah, listen to what they said and yeah, ask for clarifications on their questions because it does show that you're listening. It does show that you're interested and much more than a self-reported, um, case study on one time when you listened well, or one time you had agency, maybe instead of worrying about saying all of that, consider spending more time trying to show that. And right, I mean, like, tell me if I'm wrong, Dan, but like, wouldn't you rather have somebody who has a great conversation with you, a memorable conversation, and then gives you like cogent contextual examples? I think that's way more useful than just like passing, you know, this ABCD bubble test. The bubble test is worthless. I think it's pretty worthless. I mean, if it's, if, if that's the way that they're hiring, then it would be worth asking yourself whether that's the kind of job you'd feel great having. And if you, if you do, like, well, that's a sly way of saying I wouldn't want a job like that. I mean, if, if they just want somebody who consistently answers C, I'm not sure I'd be great for that job. Um, you, know, you can teach skills, but you can't teach enthusiasm. You said that before, and I completely agree with you. Um, but also, there's just that je ne sais quoi of like somebody who's smart and, and listens. And I think the I think there's, um, I guess this is an explicit thing. It's not an explicit thing. Like you can ask this stuff like, how have you worked with teams? That, I mean, that's like, uh, that's such a meaningless kind of question. Does that whole constellation of like, how do you work with people, like then self-report stuff? I don't know how that's useful at all. I, I think you're going to learn a lot more by listening to how that, mm, I don't even know how to put this, but all that, there's so much self-reporting in that. Like, how could it be anything but a little bit strained? And goofy that you're trying yeah. to like sell yourself based on cherry picking anecdotes from your life. I think what they might really like remember that. is whether they could see you at, in the job, whether they could see you at the company, whether they go, you know what, I cannot wait to see this guy and Sally get in a room because they're going to argue and it's going to be fun. Or like, oh man, you are going to have so much fun with Jim the Star Wars guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like they say in the car a lot, like when they start asking what color it's available in, you know, you've made the sale. Um, so think about rather than presenting yourself as somebody from the outside who wants something from that person, instead, uh, consider listening to what they're saying and showing in non-obnoxious ways how you would be a good fit for what they're saying. You've done your research. You've done your best to present yourself in a way that seems sane. And now, uh, in some ways, without them noticing it, hopefully you're interviewing them too. And then you can ask them questions, right? And so if they, and so you could say to them, well, you just asked me three questions in a row about how I would escalate a problem with the team. Um, is that something that comes up a lot here? How mm. <laughs> it sounds like you're asking a lot. Are there? Uh, <laughs> no, but you don't have to ask it like that. There's a million ways that you, because you're smarter <laughs> than me, you could. But seriously, doesn't that tell you something? This is interesting. Well, let me ask you this: um, Do you? Mm, eat Mexican food at your desk and then sneak into a lady's restroom. 
No. Okay. Okay. I got. I have to ask these. I'm sorry. If you were going to sneak into the ladies' restroom, would you eat a lot of Mexican food? Um. No. No. Not at all. All right. If you were in the office alone on the weekend and brought Mexican, you know, like officially you're going to go. That's really weird. Why do you keep asking me about this? Yeah. You know. I always feel like when I go in a place, and this is just because I'm a literature guy and I'm always looking for the story. I'm always trying to wonder like why that position was open. And sometimes the answer is, well, the position above it was open. In which case, you ask yourself, why was that position open? Like nobody wants change inside of a company. Change happens because something needed to change. And so it, it I guess that what I'm trying to say is it doesn't hurt for you to at least, whether you say it or not, think about why that change happened. Are they growing and they need more people? Uh, are things becoming strained and they're throwing bodies? Uh, you know, I, if it turns out that it's really high attrition because they've done a bunch of crappy hiring, well, that's really good to know. I've talked a lot, Dan. What, uh, how do you get a job? You just show up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Something like 90% of life is misquoting Woody Allen. <laughs> you really think that's the case? Just show up. Just show up. Yeah. A lot of people can't do that. I if Mike Judge ever had any conception of how much office space would become... He, I mean, he must have on some level understood it. It's juge. Oh, mm, I, I think only they're allowed to call themselves that. <laughs> and so it is. Right. I mean, people from Austin. And, and so it goes. Did you like Idiocracy? Haven't seen it. Hmm. No button this up? Yeah. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.